This podcast is available in video form on our YouTube channel at Moto Outsider. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Moto Outsider. And in today's episode, we are interviewing the owner of MX Fitco, Mr. Jeremy Keach. He's an awesome trainer, works with some pros and some top A riding guys out in California. So it's an excellent interview, and you're going to want to stick around to the end to see what we have in store. But before we get into that, I wanted to let you know about some technical difficulties that we did have while filming the video. My camera and audio got messed up. So did Chris's throughout certain parts of the video. A majority of the uh, a complete interview is awesome. Everything is good, but there are some glitches along the way. But we wanted to preface that before you guys get into the video. But without further ado, enjoy the interview. Drop your questions and comments down below, and we'll see you at the end. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Moto Outsider. And as always, I am joined by my majestic long-haired co-host, Chris Baird. Chris, how you doing, man? I'm great, Matt. What's going on today? Dude, I'm, I'm pumped because we have a special guest, and he is our first guest on the Moto Outsider, which is absolutely sick. And I think he's yep. a he's a great a great first guest because he knows all things fitness, trains a bunch of pro riders. And I'm not even going to introduce himself. I'm going to let him do all that. His name is Jeremy Keach. Jeremy, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? Doing great. Yeah, my name is Jeremy Keach. I'm a fitness and nutrition coach for motocross racers, and. Um, yeah, just been in it for a while. A little background on me, I guess. Dude, honestly, it all started um, back in like 2016. was just racing myself and maybe struggling a little bit with the fitness side of the sport. And um, yep. yeah, long story short, like came across a pretty bad injury and it was out at Fox Raceway. It was just practicing. Um, long story short, just kept pushing myself when I probably shouldn't have. And um, yeah, ended up crashing, tore my rotator cuff fracture oh. my skull somehow like the oh dude in the back of my skull yeah <laughs> crazy crap. completely knocked out and um that was just like a wow. big turning point for me where i'm like all right well it's time to start taking the fitness out of the sports series because i literally crashed because i was tired and um Damn. so yeah then i started like doing some research trying to figure it out myself and you know there's not a ton of information out there a lot of the pros are, are kind of secretive about it and stuff like that so luckily like living in southern california i just started going up to these guys you know i'd go to Glen helen on thursdays fox raceway on yeah. tuesdays and uh just an innocent kid would be like hey what do you do for your workouts like how do you structure everything like what about nutrition and yeah i just started taking what they told me and implementing it and turns out the shit works so started seeing some <laughs> cool results in myself and and then from there just kind of got obsessed with it honestly and it transitioned from like me trying to get to a super high level to like oh i gotta help other people and um yeah from there now we started mx fitco you can see it in the background yep. yeah worked with probably over 500 600 clients one-on-one -on -one and helping people just change their lives for the better and really like work with some pros but it's anyone from a beginner to a to a professional level racer everything we do is custom tailored to each person and just really trying to help people bridge that gap and and connect their health and their fitness to their passion for riding and racing dirt bikes so yeah that's me that's awesome man and dude it's it's got to be great because you were in the heart of the moto scene obviously in socal so that's awesome before we went on air here you were talking about going out to kuia creek which is sick but you have access to some of the best tracks, the best riders and everything like that. Has that helped your riding in itself, just being around those style riders? Or is it just the reps that you do on and off the bike 
that um, that makes you a better rider because I know a lot of people say that proximity is key being around fast guys will make you be faster just like being in the gym if you're around strong guys and you train with them you get stronger would you say that helps you out oh yeah 100% like when you're on the track and like Tomac goes flying past you <laughs> like obviously he's gonna pull away pretty quick but um yeah just being around fast guys being in kind of the heart of motocross here it's cool we, you know i have like five tracks within 20 minutes from my house awesome oh, um, and so it's yeah it's cool just to to be around it have all the different tracks and be around the fast guys and stuff so yeah it's a game changer for sure it's crazy man yeah i know that's uh I wasn't sure, like, do you end up racing a lot? Or, like, are you more of just, like, a practice guy? Like, me personally, Matt, too, like, we don't really race much anymore, but we ride when we get free time. Uh, I didn't know if, like, you could doubt all the races out there. I know Swap Moto Live does a series, but um, you got sick tracks, and you can practice anytime you want during the week, so I didn't know, like, what your riding racing schedule was like. But yeah, for sure. Nowadays, I'll, I'll race a couple times a year. Nothing too crazy. I might show up for a random Swap Moto at Glen Helen one weekend <laughs> out of the blue. Um, always do day in the dirt. That's a super fun race. So always show up for that one. Um, yep. mammoth sometimes stuff like that. But yeah, my main focus now is less on me and more on helping other people. I got a lot of clients that'll be getting ready for Loretta's this year. Quite a few guys getting ready to go race the first round of GNCC this weekend, actually. So, um, yeah, yeah main focus is on them, but I still get out and, and ride at least once or twice a week is, is usually the go-to. Got it. So now when you're when you're training your guys do you do this very boutique style is it much more independent so for each rider comes to you with a different set of goals and you tailor a program specifically for their for their goals or did you find that a lot of motocross riders suffer from the same sort of fitness ailments like for me dude arm pump was always the craziest thing that held me back and the fact that i'm super tall and lanky on a bike so that doesn't really help or was it just like, okay, you found the common denominators everyone struggles with and you figured out how to maximize the, the elimination of those essentially? Yeah, for sure. There's always the common denominators for sure. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's all, there also does have to be like the fine tuning to each person. But when it comes to like what you said, arm pump, and of course everybody struggles with similar things, whether it's obviously arm pump's a big one, stamina, endurance, bike control is a common one that's usually going to come from seat time but there's you know strength training does play its part in in fitness for motocross but really the key factors when it comes to endurance stamina um and arm pump there's two key styles of workouts so number one is about just like building that strong base in the cardio department um you know you see the pros doing a ton of cycling right this is what they're doing it's actually so it's steady state cardio it's low intensity we want to be like zone one zone two in the heart rate zone so it's pretty chill it's nothing too crazy but we want to go for longer periods of time like on the low end like a beginner we'll start with like 45 minutes steady pace in that heart rate zone and then work that up over time um, and it's kind of a trip because naturally you would think like you want to simulate racing right and go high intensity um, but the science tells us that if we build that strong low intensity base, it's going to translate into high intensity endurance because it's helping with better oxidization through the bloodstream to your muscles in those high intensity situations. So that's number one for pretty much anyone. That's always a staple in, in everyone's program is steady state cardio, zone one, zone two. That can be cycling, it could be running, it could be mountain biking, it could be rowing machine. Really anything works. The heart rate zones are kind of the key factor there. Um, and the other side of it's like the HIT workouts, high intensity interval training. Um, 
And what we do there is spike the heart rate way up and then let it recover. And then spike the heart rate way up, let it recover and repeat the process. And what we're kind of doing there and why it works is we're really training the heart to recover from those riding and racing situations where the heart rate spikes. Because when you're racing dirt bikes, heart rate's going to spike. You know, it doesn't really matter who you are. But what happens to most people is when that heart rate spikes, they get stuck up there. And you're out there trying to maintain damn near your max heart rate for, I mean, even a local 10-minute moto, that's not sustainable. Then you look at 20-minute, 30-minute motos or like some hair scramble right. GNCC guys going two, three hours. Like, obviously, it's not realistic. Um, and then on top of that, when you get stuck in that super high heart rate zone, it can lead to lactic acid buildup and arm pump and in your legs, full body. So those are the key focuses like with stamina endurance and then of course mixing in like some balance and stability a lot of core strength is really important um, mobility flexibility really important so those are kind of the key staples um, when you look at the general side of it absolutely yeah i think uh, it was interesting when uh, cameron mcadoo had his big crash he talked about i think on gypsy tales how stretching like really saved him um, stretching his psoas and all that i thought that was really interesting just to you don't think about stretching can be so important for somebody and um, I guess I, I was just wondering for you, like, how do you, for like a regular guy like us, like, how do you get into getting into the gym and the routine? Like, how do you fall in love with working out? And I guess I've always struggled with that. I mean, I've been going for about three, four months straight now. I'm doing a little bit better. But how do you get a normal guy in the gym every, I don't know, consistently? And what is a consistent pattern? Like, do I need to go three days, five days a week? Like, what do you consider healthy and, I guess, effective for working out? Yeah, dude, I love that question. Um so for one, in terms of like falling in love with it, like, dude, let's be real. Nobody really like loves going to the gym. <laughs> At least I do. I mean, some people do, but some people do. Don't get me wrong. But like, I was never that guy. Like, I don't just get stoked to fucking go hit the gym. Like, <laughs> no, it's for one, it's you, you have to uh, do it for the feeling you get after. Right. Because every time you walk out of the gym, like you're stoked, um, you're like just energy through the roof. Um, and feel so much better afterwards. So doing it for that, and then also like having a reason why I think is really good. It's, it's for guys like us, it's it's cool to connect it to dirt bikes because we love racing dirt bikes or even just riding dirt bikes. Um, so having that passion there is always good. Um, and then a deeper reason why too. Like I always ask people that join the program, I'm like, all right, so you wanna you know you wanna win your championship this year, or maybe you wanna just be able to do a 10 minute moto. Um, or you want to lose 20 pounds, um, but what's the point, you know? Because the common denominator of what I've seen between the people that kill it and actually achieve their goals versus the ones that don't is like the reason behind it, that why, the deeper purpose and deeper reason. And so like, what's the point? Um, and that's where you find the real kind of purpose and, and the ability to push past like, ah, I don't really feel like going tonight, when maybe you're doing it because you got a five-year-old kid who's getting into it and you want to be that role model dad for him or um or whatever it is but everybody has that kind of deeper reason they just got to sometimes dig a little bit in terms of like the structure of like when to go that's that's where it comes down to the person i always say like any like it should be at least three days like three to five days is kind of the go-to but it also depends on the person of like riding and racing and stuff so like a higher level racer is going to be riding three four days a week usually and so like gym between that is going to be maybe two or three days um a week and it's going to be just like some cardio some stretching maybe a strength day in between um where the focus is mainly just riding and then the you know the um fitness the in the gym off the bike stuff is kind of just a supplement to that 
Whereas someone who just rides on the weekend or every other weekend or something, we're going to try to get them in the gym a little bit more because they don't have the seat time that what some of these higher level racers do. For sure. So, and did, I want to because as as a fellow gym rat myself, and when I was when I was much much younger and I was and I was hardcore into riding, I never took gym seriously. But I also never took diet and supplementation seriously. And the older I got more into the powerlifting side of things, I realized that hydration is key, supplementation is key, but also your diet too. And I know a lot of my mentors in the gym said it was more 80% diet, 20% fitness. Do you think tr that translate in, translates into Moto2? And second question on that, what supplements, if any, should be aspiring, you know, maybe, let's say, a-class riders, guys running to pursue their pro card, what supplements should they be taking as well when they're in the gym? Yeah, for sure. Um, with supplements, I'll start with that. Like, I've never mm -hmm. been like super huge on supplements, but there's definitely some key like things that you can look into. Like, Number one, I think it, uh, a staple with supplements is like a, some sort of hydration supplement is always good. Um, but at the same time, like Pedialyte works. Um, my go-to has always been Pedialyte, um, so I'll yep. stay on that. Uh, but there's like, you know, Rhino Power and Arma are kind of the two big ones in our sport, um, and they have pretty much everything that you can look at from, yeah, from just like the hydration. Um, and then there's like some pre-moto type stuff. Actually, I want to come out with. I might come out with a supplement supplement line like later down the road. But I want to have something that's called like a pre-moto. I think that would be really cool because everybody's like gets a pre-workout, right? But then nobody's doing yep. a pre-moto. No. Dude, you got you got me thinking now because that would be, man, that, that would be sick. Because I like I, I used to own a supplement company back in 2000, like 15, 16 ish when I lived back in New York. And just full transparency, you know, my buddy and I never stuck with it and it slid off the rails. But dude, I man, let's let's talk about that supplement stuff later because, dude, that stuff gets me so excited. Because if you're thinking about and like Chris, you too, man, and dude, obviously Jeremy, you know this, dude. When you're sitting on the line, what is going through your head? You can't even. I, I don't think you can really articulate it. And then it's like once that gate drops, you don't think about anything but what's in front of you. And when it comes to supplementation, man, like if you were running like a nootropic with maybe 100, 200 milligrams of caffeine just to get amped up on the line, all right, now I'm thinking. So, but not to cut you off, man, but that's, yeah, that's got me excited, man. That's good. I actually just ordered a, a nootropic, like that's supposed to come. I have never tried one, but uh, I heard someone talking about it and I just ordered some. It's supposed to come in the mail like Friday. But yeah, I'll try it when I go ride and see how that does. That's a, that's a good yeah. idea. But yeah, man, um, supplements. Yeah, I would. I think like the go-to is is uh, checking out Rhino Power and Arma. Um, there's also like the newer company, uh, Drink Hydro Power. I've been in contact with that guy, and it's a it's a solid supplement. Like it's a good product. Um, so yeah, you could check that. But that's just one. That's just hydration. And if you go to Rhino Power or Arma, they have like kind of the whole everything that you would need. And the pros are doing a lot of that stuff. I think um, the biggest thing when it comes to like the nutrition side of things um, with motocross is like we're endurance athletes, right? So like we use carbs to fuel us. Um, and so like carbs are uh, an important factor. Like you, a lot of people might know me from the videos I've been posting lately going up to the pros and asking them what their race day diet is. And if you pay attention to what their diets are, like Christian Craig, for example, um, he said his race day diet 
and he eats it twice throughout the day. And I, I didn't get a chance to figure out what his breakfast was, but it's chicken, um, chicken, rice, avocado, potatoes as well. So the key thing, and then also broccoli. But the key thing that comes to my mind when I hear that is like, okay, he's eating rice and potatoes. So that's going to be a pretty like carb-heavy meal. Um, and obviously carbs are really important because they just provide your muscles with muscle glycogen and, and that's what we burn and that's what our body uses as energy. So like as an endurance athlete, it's really important to, yeah, fuel ourselves with carbs. So like day before carbs, uh, carb up and even a couple days before more carbs than usual and then on race day, a, a fair amount of carbs too to, to fuel us. So yeah, that's kind of the key thing that comes to mind there. Um, in terms of like nutrition, like you were saying, um, in like the general fitness space, right? People will say like, it's like 80% nutrition, 20% training. Um, I think in moto, it's a little bit different just because like the stamina and endurance side of things, like you're not just gonna get that straight from nutrition, right? If you're talking about just looks in the mirror, 100%, right? Like if you wanna just burn fat, like nutrition all the way is like 80, 90% of it, right? But um. I think with moto, and it's definitely, I would say it's like, even like 50-50 though, so it's still a huge piece of it. There's actually a video I got like uh, a year ago, I think it was at Anaheim 3 Supercross, I went up to, I was doing the same thing, kind of going up to some of the pros, I went up to Big James, uh, Malcolm and James Stewart's dad, and I said, um, you know, for an upcoming like rider or racer, um, you know, what would be the number one tip you have for them when it comes to fitness and nutrition to take their, um, their racing to the next level? He said, nutrition. Nutrition is the number one thing. He's like, all these pros around here, they all got nutritionists. They got their chef. That was something back in the day we never looked at. Um, and now it's such a big piece of, of just like, yeah, performing at what you're truly capable of. So, yeah, it's definitely a huge thing. And it's one of those things that most people just kind of do wrong you know just and it's more of a lack of knowledge than anything but it's cool because uh it's often where people will join my program they'll say do like a week's worth of workouts and then they'll go ride or race that following weekend and implement the nutrition hydration stuff and they'll hit me up and they're like dude i don't know how but like this shit's already working dude and <laughs> you know it wasn't it wasn't because of a week's worth of workouts right because when you're doing the nutrition hydration stuff wrong and then you start doing it right like you'll feel the difference so that's always yeah. always cool. Absolutely. It's got to be really satisfying for you too, just hearing the positive feedback from your clients. Like, hey, man, like what you're telling me is working and everything. That's, that's going to be a pretty good feeling. Um, I don't want to stray away too much, but I had a couple of things I wanted to ask you about. Um, the Instagram stuff for sure, but I mean, you live in Southern California. I had to jump in and ask. Uh, maybe give us your insight on how the rookies are doing this year. I was thinking uh, Hayden Deegan, Chance Hymas, Talon Hawkins, and Caden Braswell. Maybe just a quick little rundown on each each of those guys. Give us your opinions if you had any experiences with any of them. Mm, yeah, I love it, dude. I'm a huge fan of the sport, and I know that's like what your guys' awesome. kind of um, just videos are about. So if you want to just talk Supercross, like I'm down. <laughs> Let's do uh, it. Dude, yeah. we, we, we won't have to book out two hours for all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But dude, I mean, I guess you got to start with Deegan, right? Like, damn, bro. Like, are you kidding me? That's crazy. <laughs> And I'm a it fan is. too, like, you know, there's so much like kind of hate and, you know, different stuff. But like, I mean, you can't deny the fact that he just went out and got like won the heat race and um, and then back to back fourth places in the main event. So like, I mean, the kid's the real deal. You can't deny that. Um, so I'm I'm stoked to, to kind of see like what happens with him. 
And uh, I was even yeah. watching, I think it was Gypsy Tales. I heard uh, Christian Craig talking about him, and he's like, yeah, the kid's, he's going to be a multi-time champion. So, like, yeah. we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, super intrigued to keep watching him, and I'm, root- I'm rooting for all of them. Um, but, yeah, and then, uh, but, yeah, Deegan stoked on him for sure. And then yeah. Hymas, like, killing it too. He's better than I expected him to be, honestly. Um, because Underrated. Yeah, underrated for sure. Like I knew he had the factory ride and and was on Honda and been riding with Jed and Hunter and them, but for some reason I I didn't think he was gonna be up there. I thought maybe like it would be good for him to get a top ten, but then to see him running up front in the heat races, also getting good starts in the main event, and even listening to the interviews afterwards, he's like, dude, I think the first like five laps I didn't even breathe once. So like. <laughs> I think as he gets more comfortable with it and remembers to breathe and uh and you know he's in shape right but he's obviously dropping back and i think it's more of just like the shock factor and just those first couple laps just going for it right um and so like once he gets more comfortable up in those situations and remembers to breathe and can actually push all the way to the end of his motos like he's truly capable of like he's gonna be he's gonna be really good um and then Braswell, man, I didn't um, see too much from him. He didn't really – I don't think he qualified even for the main event the first uh, first round, yeah. right? How did he do last weekend? I wasn't even checking uh, 12th, him out. 12th, I think. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know just watching Loretta's last year, like he just came out and won A class, right, and got the whole Horizon Award and all that. So yeah. he's going to be the real deal too. And he's not even on like a factory team, right? So. No. I mean, yeah, he's a hard worker. He seems like a good dude, um, country boy almost, right? And uh, yep. and just like real good energy. And, and um, yeah, I think he's got a bright future ahead of him for sure. Awesome. Dude, so I almost like, okay, so because we could talk about, we could talk about Supercross and Motocross till the cows come home, but dude, I'm just like, I'm, I haven't talked to anybody <laughs> in the training space who work specifically with racers. So I, I want to jump back to that, man. Like, do, how many guys do you train that are on 250s as opposed to 450s? Just question. Um, I, I would say, man, I don't even know. It's kind of hectic right now. I have like probably 80 people that I work with um, week yeah. to week. So there's a lot to, to kind of say. And then I also have some youngsters too. I had some fourteen-year-olds, fifteen-year-olds, seventeen-year-olds, but um, I feel like majority are on two fifties, and a couple people on on four fifties too, and then you know Got like eighty fives and super minis and stuff. So, so the reason the reason why I ask, man, is because I know one thing. When I was making the jump from my two fifty F to my first four fifty, which was almost like a forced decision because. I ended up being 6'2", you put gear on me, I'm, I'm well over probably 200 pounds. At that time, I think I was, maybe I was probably 185 with gear on. But does the training style, let's, let's say we're speaking to a rider right now who's looking to make that jump. Does your training style have to change going from a 250 to a 450 or is it more just same routine, more seat time on a 450? What has to change when making that jump, if anything? Yeah, it depends on the person for sure. If it's like a skinnier kid, like for me, it was important for me to to work on the strength side of things just because it's a little bit of a heavier bike and and a little more power and stuff like that. So if you're like a smaller, skinnier like dude, then the strength side of things for sure. 
Um, but yeah, it's, you're going to get a little more tired. You're going to be a little bit more prone to arm pump too. So yeah, just kind of doubling down on everything and, and staying fit, stuff like that. I wouldn't say there's any like major differences in your off bike training, transitioning from 250 to 450. But yeah, seat time, of course, getting comfy on that thing. I know for me, like first time jumping on a 450, I was like, whoa, this thing is fast. <laughs> like just straight point blank, just like, wow, this thing is fast. Just wants to wheelie everywhere. So getting used to that, I mean, it only takes like two, three rides and then you're just kind of used to it and it's the norm. But the beginning, even for me, like I had a KTM 450, a 2020 KTM 450 and just rode the shit out of that thing until it had like, it has like 180 hours on it now. Um, then I got the 2022 Cowie and going from a clapped out 180 hour bike to a brand new uh, <laughs> KX450, I was like, damn, this thing rips. So yeah, I think it's riding and just getting used to that power because it's a lot of power. Yeah, man, I remember when I was like, I had to be like seven or eight. My dad let me ride his YZ250 just around the yard. And I was like, dude, this thing is stupid. Like being a young kid on like a little two stroke or just jumping that 250 to 450, the gap is crazy. So um, I wanted to ask you about the Instagram. I don't know if it was a controversy, but you posted that video with Cooper Webb. I think that was last week or a few weeks ago. And your, your comment section was going crazy about that because you, you asked him a fitness question, you asked him about his diet, and he, he kind of you know shrugged you off a little bit. I was like, sorry, man, I don't tell. So um, maybe just fill us in on that. Um, I'll play the clip for everybody to watch. And Race day diet today, what does that look like? Just for your YouTube. Yeah. And Instagram. So don't kiss and tell, but I like the content. Okay, so keeping the secrets or what? Yeah, keeping the secrets. Wait, I Oh, I got one. All right, Unless go. you want to give me some commission on YouTube. <laughs> then we got to oh, yeah, that's funny. Right on. <laughs> hey, good luck tonight, bro. Thanks. Uh, Phyllis and I, like, what your thoughts on that? Because I don't think you had any hard feelings, but people in the comments were like, man, he's such a dick. Oh, yeah. The, the comment section bummed me out on that one, honestly. Because I'll be honest with you, like, I'm a huge Cooper Webb fan, and I have been, like, forever. And, uh, and when I went up and asked that question to him, um, I had I had actually just recently asked the same question to Barsha and he was a little bit hesitant with me and didn't give me any specifics so I was at the point where I was kind of like alright like some of these guys don't want to give up the secrets because they've been seeing my videos they know their competitors are seeing the videos and that's just kind of how it is like they don't want to want their competitors to know so at least some of them don't want their competitors to know what it is they're doing so for me I thought it was hilarious dude honestly like Webb uh, he's like what did he say? He's like, yeah, we don't. I don't kiss and tell. I was like, oh, so you're keeping the keeping the secrets, huh? He's like, yeah, I'm keeping the secrets. And I said, right on, dude. Um, and he's like, but if you want to work out some sort of like commission deal on your YouTube, then maybe we can have a uh, have a deal. <laughs> Cooper's and, uh, a businessman. Yeah, I just laughed at it. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. I'm like, ah, that's funny, bro. And you could tell he's like, ah. Um, and I was like, good luck tonight. But I thought it was. I the way I look at it is like okay like i think it's it's just cool to analyze the different mentalities of the different racers right and for him he's always kind of been that guy where if he's a little bit injured he doesn't want his competitors to know what's going on and he's not going to tell the media what's going on same with tomac he probably would have gave me a similar type of answer you know versus roxon just roxon and craig just let it all out so it's just uh the way i see it it's like they have a different mentality to it um and I didn't, I didn't have any hard feelings for it. I thought it was just cool to see, you know, what he's thinking when someone asks him something like that. Yeah, dude. When it when it comes to how many pro car level riders do you work with like right now? Uh, not too many. I think I have like two. 
Got it. So the reason why I ask is because what do you think delineates that pro, like that pro card fast dude where you watch him ride and you're like, yeah, this guy's going places. What separates that person from, let's say someone in like A class that looks like they have natural talent or maybe they've been just riding forever, they've been putting in the work in. Do you think there's like a separator there that's like, okay, maybe this dude's just naturally gifted or do you think you could get to that level kind of like with a Jeff Walker style where it's just like reps, brute force, and you're just, you're working away at it day after day? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think getting to like a Jeff Walker status would just come with like lots of seat time and commitment to it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but like anybody that's only riding like one day a week or something like that, like you're, it's gonna be real tough to get to that level, you know. Anybody that made it to a certain level, even you know A class, B class, like there's been a period in their like riding racing career where they were riding three, like to four days a week, you know. Um, right. So I think like getting to that level, but then once you get to a certain level, I think the separator's got to be the mindset side of things, right? Um, and then, but there's different things. There's injuries. There's all sorts of different factors. But like, I think once you get to a certain level, you know, all these guys have put in, you know, so much seat time to where I think at a certain point, the amount of seat time you've had in your lifetime is no longer the factor. And then there's all those little things like mindset, like, I mean, having a really solid bike setup and stuff like that too. Like, uh, the equipment can play a factor, but I think the mentality and, and the mindset um, is going to be the biggest separator between, I mean, even first and second most nights, you know? So that's my take on it. I think mindset is, is so huge, in really in any sport at the at the highest level. True. That's that's the separator. Yeah, man, that's, uh, that's really important. And I, I was wondering, like, have you ever, like, I know some of these guys talk about going to see, like, sports uh, therapists. I think Cooper, or Christian Craig has talked about that, I think. Like, even seeing therapists or just psychologists with racing. Do you see, like, a big benefit in that? Do you ever recommend that to any of your clients? And have you ever done any of that? Hell yeah. I mean, I kind of serve as that to my clients, honestly. Like, I'm always a big proponent on mindset. Um, so I would say, like, but yeah, I think the top racers, like, having, a like, a mindset coach or, you know, sports psychologist type person, like, having someone like that in your corner, like, fuck yeah, that's huge. Um, and that's always a big topic. Like, I do, I do twice a week group Zoom calls with all my clients. So every Tuesday and Thursday evening, all my clients will jump on a Zoom call around this time, actually, about 20 minutes from now. And we just, you know, there will be whoever makes it in, and people will have their different questions and topics and stuff like that, but mindset is always a big topic race day mindset um stuff like that so i'm always a big proponent of, of that and i try to yeah i try to kind of hit it from all angles and help my my clients put all the pieces to the puzzle together because when you look at the top athletes in the sport they have their personal trainer um for the gym they have their riding coach they have their nutritionist they have their chef you know some of them have like their mindset coach and so what I'm trying to do is like try to put all those pieces to the puzzle together for the typical racer, average Joe dude, and even some higher level dudes as well. Um, but yeah, I think, and I think that's why like the people that come work with me, like they usually get the results that they came for, you know, because it's not just one thing or the other, it's everything. So, um, but yeah, dude, that's huge. Got it, man. So dude, I know we, I know we don't have you for too much longer and I want to ask you this one final question. Then I'll have Chris ask you his wrap up question, but dude, for the average kid out there who's watching right now that just wants to go out to his race and get 
two to three positions better, or maybe just maximize their ability on the bike when it comes to race day, what are, let's say three workouts or three things they can implement today that'll make them a better rider tomorrow. Okay. Three things. Okay. So number one, I would say is like, do like get in the gym, do some workouts. I think like if there's one workout that you should implement into your, into your routine, it's like that steady state cardio. Like I was talking about at the beginning. Um, so cycling, I would say at least 45 minutes to an hour zone one zone two, um, cardio. And then number two, if you're talking about racing, uh, I, I would like to like loop back to the mindset side of things. And this is where a lot of people will screw up is like, they put so much pressure on themselves, um, on race day and the nerves are there and they're just, they're just super nervous. And when your nerves are way through the roof and you're overthinking everything, that's when you tend to make mistakes and you don't perform to your, to the best of your ability. So um, the biggest thing like mindset wise is trying to stay out of your head. Stop overthinking things on the starting gate. Just focus on the task at hand, whatever's in front of you, trying to stay present. Don't put too much pressure on yourself and stay loose. Um, I was talking to Casey Cochran. He's a, I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He's a top amateur kid riding for uh, factory Husqvarna. And yep. I asked him about like the mindset side of things. And he said for him, on days where he's on race days where he's super serious, hardcore on the gate, just focused in, he does less than if he's just like hanging out on the, on the starting gate, loose, talking shit to his buddy, whatever. <laughs> on those days, that's when he fucking kills it. Um, so that would be number one, or that would be number two is the the mentality side of it. Try not to put too much pressure on yourself. Stay focused in the moment. Try to stay out of your head. Um, and number three I think has to come back to seat time. I think it has to come back to seat time. That could honestly be number one, um, realistically. So like if you're an average kind of kid that's racing on the weekends and only gets to ride on the weekends, like think of it this way. If you could ride Saturday and Sunday instead of just Saturday, you're getting twice the seat time. You're going to progress twice as fast. So the more seat time you can get is always the better. And that's how you're going to get faster. That's how you're going to progress on the bike. So seat time is huge. Awesome. Thanks, Jeremy. First of all, I'll, well, I'll end with the last question, but I want to thank you. This was a really, really cool interview. I know Matt probably could have talked to you for 24 hours straight oh, about yeah, fitness. Man. Matt is a huge fitness guy, so <laughs> this is really cool. Hopefully we can do it again. Um, my last question, and Matt, if you have anything else to say, go ahead, but I'm going to put you on the spot here. Give me the three champions at the end of the Supercross season. The three champions at the end of this Supercross season? Yep. Are we talking about um like the... How do we have, how do we get three? East last and then 450. Oh, gotcha. Duh. Sorry. <laughs> My bad, dude. Fuck. <laughs> uh, in 450s, I'm rooting for Webb. Like I said, he's my guy. I'm rooting for Webb, but I feel like Tomac, like you got to just give it to Tomac almost. But dude, that's just so tough because especially <laughs> after this last weekend with Webb getting his first win of the season, like I feel like he's just going to go on a, on a, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I, I think I have to give it to Tomac. Like he's just killing it. Um, yep. And it just seems like it's it's his time. I think he's just gonna retire on top. So I'm gonna go Tomac in the four fifties and then two fifties, like it's just it's gotta be the Lawrence brothers. You know, it's gotta be a uh, Hunter hey, and Jet. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. All right. Awesome, I think man. That's about it. Dude, that's that's all we've got for you, man. Guys, you can go find Jeremy Keach. Jeremy, give him where they can find you and uh, follow you on all your socials, man. And hopefully get in touch with MX Fitco for some training. 
Yeah. At Jeremy Keach on Instagram. That's my main spot. That's where I'm most active. Um, if you want more information on the program, DM me race shape and, um, we can talk about it and see if, see if I can help you out. And then I have YouTube, I have TikTok, um, Facebook, all of it. It's just all at Jeremy Keach. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, dude, thank you so much for stopping by with us, Jeremy. Awesome. Thank I'm you. sure we'll have you on again, man. This has been super fun. I know we have a lot more to jump into in the future too.